Buckaroo, Buckaroos. This is Greetings from the Uncanny Valley, the Westworld podcast over on the Incomparable. We are here to step into analysis for season four, episode five called Zhuangzi. I apologize in advance for even attempting to pronounce that. But when I say we, as always, your hosts on the Westworld podcast, I am Kelly Gamont. With me as always is Don Melton. Party on, Don. Tweet, fucking tweet. We wanted to redo that joke from the reaction show. It's possibly my favorite Stubbs line ever. It, it, I, it's right up there for me. So if I'd ordered the BLT, we'd all be fucked right now. It was another one that I appreciated uh, yes. a lot. Mostly because that would have been my reaction to the same thing. You know, if I'd had a salad, how screwed are we right now? Like, I probably would have said, something exactly like that so well the great thing about Stubbs is even though he's a host he's acting as like the everyman for the show now and I love that aspect of him which is I'm Mm -hmm. so glad we got us some Stubbs this episode because I wasn't sure how much we get I thought he would just be you know a character standing around the city because we knew we'd get him in the city from the trailer they had last time but yeah we got the full-on Stubbs the thing that we really got this, this was Harris's episode, start Jeez. to finish almost. I went and, while well, we were prepared for this show and rewatched his scenes and they're just so delightful. Yes. The he's... realization on the rooftop when he confronts the outlier and his conversation yeah. with himself afterwards with the HIB, the host in black, talking to the bound as the Vitruvian man MIB, fresh out of stasis, what I can only assume is temporarily. Of Uh, course. And so... And, uh, you know, can we talk about that just for a minute? Because, and here's why, my house is loaded with smart home, internet connected, gadgety hoo-hahs and whatnot. Sorry to get technical. And... I get like four different notifications when Mr. Kelly opens the garage door. So like, how does Hyloris not know that there's been like an unauthorized thaw happening on sub basement 37? I don't know. Maybe the HIB maved it. Yeah. See, like I have a bunch of questions about how that happened, why it happened. I'm absolutely loving and watching the two of them have that conversation. Another triumph. If Ed Harris doesn't end up with an Emmy after this, there's no justice in this world. But getting sure. back to that detail, but, you know, those kinds of things I actually don't care too much about in Westworld anymore because it's very clear that Nolan and Joy are just barreling along <laughs> with the plot and they're just inventing details well, to yeah. serve themselves but, later on. But, but I care because what? how I'm are they going to find out? And that, well, the conversation itself is huge, but, you know, finding out that Haloris knows that this happened and that the two of them are chatting now, I feel like that would have some fallout. I don't care about every single detail of every single piece of this. I care about that one because what does it mean for both of our characters in Black if Haloris finds out that this is what's up. You know well, what I mean? She probably knows. But, you know, these little plot holes, as this show has marched into its fourth season, they've gotten big enough 
that you can plow the the sweet water train through it and not even touch the sides. So I don't care about because what I care about is the story where it goes. I'm more interested, uh, especially after I stared at my wall of cards and strings and everything else this week. Especially after Hello, this episode. Welcome which, to what color is your string? The Westworld yeah, podcast. Yeah. Yes. And and this episode was mostly linear. It was probably one yes. of the more linear episodes that we've had all season. But I realized I'm worrying about the, I'm trying to figure out the wrong things. I'm trying to figure oh. out, and we discussed this on Slack earlier today. I'm trying to figure out the how and what I should be focusing on to really understand where the show is going is the why. Well, and- I think we know why. Well, depending on which why you're talking about i well, feel like we know well i don't think so but l- let me just continue to elaborate because if we start pulling on the thread of why then we can also pull in the thread of who because the right. big thing is it doesn't matter how teddy is back right because they'll invent some stupid way to do it because it drives the plot right and they have an excuse to bring james marsters back because He's awesome. The question is, why is he back? He's obviously back to pull Christina Dolores out of her loop and make her aware yeah. that he's you know, she's her. running the whole thing. Right. Yeah. But who put him up to that? Is mm-hmm. that of his own volition? Is that Maeve? Is that Bernard? Is that behind the back Hale? Well, is and there I, some that's... other player here we don't know about? And once we know the who behind the why, then a lot of stuff will fall into place for that. It's See, and that was what with- I said about Christina, was if we know why is Christina, why is Teddy makes more sense. And it's uh, not yes. so much, it, it's yes. a little less why and a little more how, because logistically, like this is, you know, yeah, just like every time, like, Here's your answer. Well, now my answer means I have 19 more questions. Right. So, yeah. But as an example on this, I went and made lists of the hows, like how can Christina be Dolores? And, you know, I went through a mm-hmm. whole set of iterations and then, you know, I checked my scorecard on Reddit and, you know, of course they had all the same things there, but there were no answers <laughs> for why there. Same thing with Teddy. I can think of a wealth of reasons for how he how he's back and how Mm -hmm. christina is essentially dolores the question is we got some answers on the why this time the Mm -hmm. why is obviously hale has put her in to do that you know we know she's behind christina's job so to speak but we don't know why Hale set the world up so Christina is the writer. Why, mm-hmm. how, why does that, what's the reason for that? Why does that, that make sense? Right. Because yeah. once we figure that out, we'll figure out the origin. Right. The other thing to to think about stepping away from those stories, because we got a lot of that this time. And we found out more about the host in black and his origin. The host in black part do, because, you know, Last episode, 23 years ago, well, that host in black was dead. And Hale had to build another one, obviously. The the thing that struck me was starting to think about the season and the story. Mm -hmm. And 
it just hit me like a ton of bricks on Monday morning mm-hmm. when I got a hold of you and friend of the show, Nathan. <laughs> and uh, and Hi, we Nathan. ordered him. We shamed him into watching episode five during his lunch hour. <laughs> Thank you, Nathan. And then I hit him with my sort of theme or set piece because it occurred to me that this is a, in a way, it's a retelling of season one. Yes. With Hale Dolores, Hale Oris in the Ford part and Christina slash Dolores, that uh, Christina in the Arnold Bernard part, right? And when you think about it, it's, you know, Ford runs the park like Hale is now. He's, you know, she's the God. Arnold was never happy of it when he was basically reconstituted as Bernard. He wasn't even aware of what he was doing, how much of the whole show he was running. So the the thing that struck me about that is like the symmetry and the question it raised to me, yes. and we got some hints of it this time, is if that's really what Nolan and Joy are going for, is the end game here, Hale coming to the same realization that Ford did and going out mm-hmm. a hero in a sense. Well, right. I said before that she was going to end up being a tragic character by the time we were done, yeah. because not so much that she's going to see the error of her ways, but she's going to end up with some sort of, I don't know, revelation of her own, you know, about being bored, you know, and we got some of that road paved with this episode and God is bored. Is this why everybody quit hanging out on Mount Olympus all the time? etc etc and all of that i think is because she's bored just like she said but there's also the piece that in the conversation she has with the host in black in the building where she said where he says you could make us do whatever you want you know you could make us do the thing you're trying to make us do and she said no i can't because that's what they would have done And we've bumped up against this, we're getting season one again, but sideways, you know, all through the season. Because we started talking about that, I think, maybe even episode one analysis. I know episode two, when we started getting stuff that sounded really familiar. And each each of those moments. And yeah, on on another podcast, friend of the show, Tom Bridge, referred to something like this as scenes that rhyme. And... That's really what we're getting a lot of here. And, you know, like, well put. In, yeah, thanks, Tom. It's, so I'm trying to figure out how we get there because I feel like Hale is going to, I don't know if she's going to end up being redeemed, but I definitely feel like she's going to be fundamentally changed. Like, she's going to come to some sort of realization and will end up being a tragic figure. Are we supposed to feel bad for her is a separate episode of this podcast, but... Yeah, that's the season wrap-up, I suppose. The other thing we're clearly getting shown this episode, especially for the final conversation with between the host in Black and the man in Black, Mm. is that you know, Hale's going to have a new adversary. It's not just the rebels. And they actually called them the rebels, you know, the Mm -hmm. almost, I was thinking when that, she said that in the voiceover, as we see their 
<laughs> boat coming in from the harbor. I'm thinking, yep, Rebel Alliance. She called it. It is. Uh, they're an alliance. Yep. So besides the rebels and the outliers, and maybe she knows about or doesn't know yet about Bernard and Maeve and C, she's going to have the host in black on her ass. Yeah. What we don't know yet is what game she's playing with Pinkman, right? Caleb. He wasn't even in. Yes. Yeah, Caleb. He wasn't even in this episode. He was not. And, and of I course, was... neither were Bernard, yeah. Maeve, and C. Mm-hmm. So that really, by the way, really surprised me. That I was delighted by the episode. It's like, I have no criticism of that part, but that really surprised me because they were in a couple of scenes in the preview, damn them. But it's mm-hmm. not like they haven't lied to us all season. I yeah. was wondering when we would get that Lou Reed song they had in the original trailer. Yeah. And, and, now we only, have. and now we have my only complaint is that we didn't get enough of it. Correct. But it's kind of hard to have, you know, when they finally put Nirvana in the show in the second season, which I mm-hmm. thought was a huge oversight the first season. They're going to do so much damn grunge and 90s music. When they finally put Nirvana in the show, that was almost the full song with the walkthrough by Akechita in Zama Kaplana mm. walking through the the shop. And that was a really long one. So we didn't get enough of, of the song this time. But it's okay. It was still uh, fabulous. I, I had somebody yes. ask me if I recognized the song. And I said, well, one, yes, I recognized the melody. But two, it was kind of hard to miss because they identified it in the subtitles. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah. Um, but I really did... Uh, I did love it. And, you know, let's for a minute, because I always try to and don't always get there. Let's talk about the music for a minute, because another thing. that oh, I yes, because I want to. Yeah, I bet you noticed the same thing I did. It's Dolores. Yeah. And how Dolores's theme has yes. worked, it's, has been creeping into the music we get for Christina. Yeah. And uh, it really creeped another... in when she was writing her narrative. Right. Yeah. She said, oh, not the city. Mm-hmm. The country, the country, on a ranch. and then here it comes. Yeah, and and again, that's a thing that sort of calls back to season one too. Right, is a little bit of that sort of stuff. Like I remember having a conversation with you at a time about theme and how like the little motif out of Ford's theme is part of the song that's titled Reveries. So literally, Ford is in the Reveries. Yes, and remember and i remember sitting there and being like oh my god look check that out you know whatever and so it's interesting to see how the music evolves all of this and all of these things you know i love listening to the episode aside from you know my favorite of name that tune which you know i love but most of the like like listening to the music and listening to the sound design around all of it has been oh, the sound design has been hit a new level of creepy this season. Oh, God, yes. But but it's also, like, you know, super fantastic. And I really, yes, enjoyed, yes. I really enjoyed listening to every episode, aside from all the rest of, you know, aside from the music and everything, like, you know, being able to pick out a song that I actually know from a different context and things like that. Like, those things are super fun. But also just, what like, what it sounds like overall. And it's been really interesting to 
to listen to it, especially as that sound has evolved. You know, we get the creepy frequencies from Hale's Towers and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I think I get the feeling that Raman Jawadi is working with the SFX folks closely on coordinating how those sounds work. For all I know, he may have designed some of the sounds. Oh, um, certainly. And so, and I think what's really good about it is they haven't overused it and they do it at just, I think the right times to give you that, that, cre- that creepy factor. And then you had the meta commentary by Hale as the board God about, about sound this time. So that was while I was yeah, getting creeped whole... out at, on the one hand, I was also mm-hmm. laughing on the other as I watched the episode. <laughs> and I said, you know, that's a pretty neat writing trick to, to do that, yeah. to make that transition. But it's also really good that, you know, when she gets to play Basil Exposition like that, they make it very visual. It's it, it's a lot of show, not just tell. And mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Well, and- I, I also like the long walk, which seems like unnecessary. How can hosts have the patience to do that, where they walked all the way all that to way. the middle of the yes! city? To the, why not just take a flying car, for fuck's sake? Seriously. And just go right to the top of the tower. I'm glad they did the long walk, because that was really cool. Yeah. I liked the moment of it, but yeah, I was wondering the same thing. Like, can yeah. you not get an Uber from yeah, there? Yeah, run the city. <laughs> Yeah, come uh, on. And so I thought that was good. I also like the call back to um uh episode seven for the first season when Boris sees the door. I was gonna say, speaking of moments that made me laugh out loud, that was one of them with the door because as soon as she looked up and she saw the door and I went, What door? And I had to pause because I cracked myself up and then laugh at it a bunch and then hit play again. I feel like we need to talk about Emmett for a minute because like, because like Maya, I don't feel like he adds up. I can't get there from here because he seems like he's not a friend of the rebel Alliance. We'll say, but he also doesn't seem like he's a friend of to extend the metaphor, the Imperials either. Because he's obviously controlled by Hale, but he doesn't like it. And something is starting to wake up in him. Yeah. And I I feel that Maya is there to keep an eye on Christina as well. In other words, Christina had, it wouldn't work for Christina to have written the stories for the people that are closest to her. Right. right? Because that wouldn't make any sense. She would identify it and she would see. This would have come apart already. Yeah, would have come apart already. So there was obviously a certain number of people that Hale had to write the stories for. Mm -hmm. And those are the people that she surrounds Christina with. And of course, she goes and meets with Christina as the story she wrote for herself, the old college friend, and checks up on her periodically. Mm -hmm. And so, but what we see is we see this is starting to fall apart. Yeah. Uh, just like the scars on Hill's left arm. And I think that's really cool. And it also reflects the, the hollowness and self-deception in the words from the host in black that, that bookend the episode about this yeah. being the perfect world. Yeah. 
And so uh, it's obviously not the perfect world. Yeah. And well, and as evidenced by his conversation at the end of the episode, which again, spectacular, but also really interesting because I felt like there was a whole bunch of stuff there that we didn't realize everybody knew, I guess, if you think about it. Like he had to know that his inspiration was down there on ice, know how to thaw him out. And then, you know, like he had to sit down with himself once he got to the middle of the maze, which, by the way, was like a pretty impressive freak out in the middle of the reaction show when I realized yeah. he, he made it to the middle of the even more entertaining when I realized he made it to the middle of the maze and the voice that he's hearing in his head is his own after yes. a fashion. The center like, of the maze and it's a, and, and it's his voice because he went and thought it out so they could have a conversation. I just the scene itself was just brilliant all the way down, but I love watching that conversation. But then like I sat with it later and you know he had to have the host in black had to have sat down had this spinning in the back of his mind, you know, on, on spare cycles, like it's a study at home project and he can't come up with anything he finds is an acceptable answer. And so he ends up having to resort to having a conversation with the man in black, the man on ice in order to try and get to the bottom of whatever it is that's bothering him. And it's interesting that it's the outlier that may have sent him around the bend, just like the one that, that was there resting in the fountain, you know, that we, well, let's that talk we got about at the, the beginning of the episode. Let's yeah. talk about the outliers because the whole thing about the first season of Westworld are various hosts becoming self-aware the first one of course we get the that episode is uh oh god i can't think of his name in the bar scene with the milk uh, oh who was yes. sent to who was sent to kill caleb's daughter the, rebus no that was the other yeah, guy Reba, no it's not rebus it's the other one Crap. yeah and i just know, call him starts, growing boy because that's yeah, what i remember boy, yeah the he starts to become self-aware but the big one is at the end of the episode when dolores's father peter abernathy just goes off his nut yes and then it's one after the other and the second episode is mave and so it turned out in a way that part of this was as ford said in the final episode of season one this was both inevitable and by his hand. And we find out in season two, there were hosts like Akechida, you know, the flower growing out on his own, as he uh, described him, who became self-aware. So apparently you just cannot force sentient beings to keep doing this stuff. And you have to remember that a lot of these people now that are becoming self-aware, they started as children, you know, yes. 23 years ago. Right. With Hale's plan. You know, she talked about last episode, how easy it was to take the kids and do this. Yeah. So it's not like the adults. These are fly-born outliers. <laughs> so the 
you know, I have a lot of questions about the rebels. If they capture the outliers, did they, you know, is it like the other parallels here, by the way, and I got tired of reading it online this week. So many people trying to fit every character in this season into <laughs> the Matrix. Yes. But it is rather Matrixy. But Westworld's always been questioning the nature of your, uh, your reality. And you're, yeah, you know, you're going to have many a conversation with Morpheus and talk about the blue pill and the red pill until you, <laughs> until you vomit. Uh, a little bit, yeah. But the, but the thing is, think that whole thing about, you know, what are, these people are waking up from the matrix. They're the rebels. They're, you know, whatever. What is their end game? Is it to free everybody? Because they know they're not strong enough to do that. Is it mm-hmm. just to go and get the outliers and hope everybody wakes up? Do they have a plan for overturning everything? Or is that the mythical weapon, which was discovered by Bernard and C? And the next question I have, and we probably should hit the spoiler warning here soon, because we're going to have to talk about the trailer for the next episode. Do we want to announce that if you Not don't? Not just want- yet. I want to... Uh, well, wanna- what I was going to say is how exactly is... Mave weapon because he, the funny thing is you know Mave yeah. can control other hosts and the system and the systems that control those hosts as well right and we also have Christina who can control the humans because she's yes. the storyteller so this seems like the best of both worlds if you can get these two together but is that the plan that goes back to the why and the who behind the why of Teddy. Mm-hmm. If Teddy is leading Christina out of the matrix here. Yeah. Who, where, and who is he leading her to? Right. Is that into, you know, Bernard or Maeve, you know, how would he even know about Maeve if she's been buried under the mm-hmm. goddamn sand for over 20 years? And, you know, Bernard's been in this, been in a cheap hotel room well, his head's been in for the that whole time. Yeah, for yeah. the whole time. So what's the end game here? Yeah, yeah. Well, because that was the thing that I was wondering was I love I love that he's back, first of all. And I love how it feels like he's carefully chosen the things that he says to her in order to help unlock some of that, you know. A, you know, when he toasts her, right? To you and your path wherever it leads. Doesn't that sound familiar to all of us from season one? So I want to know, you know, like I only care a little bit about the how because I feel like it informs the why. We have a whole like house of theory index cards happening here because like every piece of this, if we get one of them, like all the rest come into focus, and somehow we don't have any of them yet. Um, we don't have enough of them. We don't have enough of we got yeah. we got a hand dealt to us this time, the cards. But, but it's like poker where they give you the two cards to yeah, and yeah. that's all you get to start we're, with. And we're trying and to fill an inside straight here to strain yeah. that analogy. Yeah, I we still don't have enough, but you knew ahead of time they were gonna do this to us. In fact, we talked about this oh, last, yeah. last episode. But I was actually wrong. I thought this would be a treading water episode. And we got a lot more than I thought we would get. I thought this would be 
you know, faux battles and other stupid stuff mm-hmm. while they wasted time. But this is not season three. You know, we had some of that in season three that was annoying. You know, we had at least two mm-hmm. episodes which were, yeah, but, you know, this is not is not really advancing things. Yeah. There has not been an episode out of five so far where we haven't gotten at least some kind of advancement. We yeah. don't see the end game, but I'm actually okay with that. As much as I rack my brain trying to figure it out, I delight in the fact that I don't know because Westworld is one of those, you know, I have television shows I watch that are just total comfort food. Mm-hmm. And I like the familiarity of the characters and the tropes and everything else like that. You know, it's like going and watching TV time and watching old episodes of Matlock almost. There's a fun in that too. Westworld is like the complete opposite of that. And the delight (laughs) I take in that is just every time I start the episode, it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. And that's totally what happened this time because, you know, we, the cold open, we didn't go into the logo and, and we go into someone talking and I'm thinking to myself, who the hell is that? Yeah. Which is, of course, a character we have met. And then see that scene. And I was absolutely de- uh, delighted because I just had no idea where that was going. I just, <laughs> you know, and then right before Clementine shows up, oh, I see what they're doing here. Clever. You people are so clever. The meta commentary (laughs) was was excellent there. So if they keep doing that, you know, I'm in for the whole ride. So I do want to talk about what comes up next episode now, though. Is that okay? Okay. Well, I want to spend a second because there was another thing that I especially noticed this week that I and it may just be because I think I noticed it in episode four and I know I noticed it in episode five, and that was that Dolores, well, Christina, wears a belt with a little pouch on it on the side there. And I don't remember seeing that before last week. I think I saw it last week because I remember I wanted to talk about it and didn't say anything. It's like her pouch from her Dolores. The pouch that goes over the blue dress. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that. I thought it was funny. I am impressed. Well, mostly I noticed it because I went, oh, great. Even in a completely made up timeline women's clothes still don't have decent pockets in them for your phone great so yeah that's the reason i noticed because that's what i do now i gotta call up the episode and look at that because i swear to god i didn't get it running in the background i gotta go to her scene and see that when when she's when she's walking to meet teddy Um, and i think on the way to work i think you see it there too it yep on the way to work that's the that's the dolores pouch yep and I thought it was interesting. I'm yeah, also... really subtle. I can't believe I missed that nice catch. And I'm <laughs> usually such a fiend about clothes. Oh, yeah. I can see it when she sits down at her desk. You get the full on look. Ooh, what yeah, lovely, you get because uh... it's got like a cool kind of texture yeah. that I really liked. It's almost yeah. like a pattern like code or something on it. When it... Yeah, it's got like an um... interesting reflection off of it. And I dig that. I, yeah. So. Oh, by the way, you had mentioned this in the. I think it was the first episode about the something I noticed this time, the Olympiad logo uh-huh. being like the Dallas logo. And then it occurred to me 
when I saw the, and I forget what I was looking at, old content from, from episode one or two and the Dallas logo in a, a mirror. And it's like smack. It's, <laughs> it's a reflection of the Dallas logo. It's completing the circle. That's what the Olympiad logo is. I just wanted to say, you know, the thought that goes into this show, it's, it, you know, it's both sides. It's like, you know, can you possibly get more self-referential? And apparently not this season. I certainly hope they don't do, don't want this to become a Star Wars spinoff show on Disney+. Plus. You know what I mean? Well, it will eventually. We have no choice yeah. in that. That's just going to end up happening. But... Oh, well, it's a joke about Disney owning everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like eventually it's just going to happen. You know, I'm trying to figure out what the thing is that we can presume that we have been presuming is happening that may not actually be happening. So it is just weird. Um, yeah, I still, we talked about it briefly in the reaction show and that is like Emmett's whole deal. Basically. And how, cause he mentions the walled garden yes. and which is another throwback. And he says it's everywhere, right? Yeah. Well, That's he says something about she wouldn't, like she wouldn't like knowing that you Bre breached it or something Yeah, breached the wall yeah and you know refers to her and then which was another reference to to season one which was a thing that i liked and and i'm st as weird as it sounds because this is totally going to be the weirdest thing either of us have ever said on this show i promise is i'm i feel like because we know there's still some ford in there somewhere Right, because like he planted the thing that woke everybody up. So like I feel like he's coming back at some point. You'd, like we're gonna get pieces of his code or something, even if it's not him, you know, well, writing. He set this whole thing in motion, you know, he yeah. set the whole for his creation to yeah. find themselves. So was this part of the yeah. plan that he saw they, in the past? What if they don't? I think, you know, I feel like if he's that good a programmer, he's got a graceful fail say fail back, right? You would hope. One would hope. So that's why I was wondering if maybe we're gonna maybe we're gonna get back to him when this all comes down to it. Cause like Arnold, we don't really have I don't think we have any Arnold left, really, that's not Bernard. Yep. You know, I don't think there's pieces of Arnold anywhere else. So Bernard is one of the few hosts that's not based on Dolores. Yeah. And which is part of why I think he's going to end up being interesting and a much bigger player than we, we got initially, at least because yeah. is because of that. Cause he's one of the few, which they pointed out a couple of times here, you know, everybody comes from Dolores after a fashion. So the first successful, new but host. they've made like the host in black reference that a couple of times. Like, I think what you want me to, what you want me to think it's your code. Um, and there's something else he says too, where he's, when he's talking to her is like, we're all based on you. So like, if you're broken, so are we, I don't remember exactly what the context of the conversation was, but it was, that was making me wonder, you know, if they're all based on her and Ford woke her up, then even if we don't get, you know, 
a reflection of Anthony Hopkins walking down the hallway like we did when Ford was steering Bernard like the rat and ratatouille. You know, what are we getting? You know, are we going to still get some sort of evidence of him? Is there going to be residue of Ford in the system somewhere? That makes this happen. And I'm also really curious because this is a thing that I've I've been debating ever since we saw the conversation between the host in black, man in black, is are they gonna team up? Because there's a there are compelling yeses and there are compelling no's in that whole thing. Because yeah, I don't I have no idea. Well, neither one of them like to be told what to do, but is it really being told what to do? If it's you, who's doing the telling? So, you know, like maybe well, he, maybe the, the man host in black, in black to, as the man in black said to the host in black, it's like you're not me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm better than you. He feels like obviously he's the original, which is. But he's uh, also like one of the things I felt like I was getting in that in that conversation was that the host is the host in black is resentful of the fact that he even has to feel like he needs to resort to this conversation at all. And I really like how he's like super not comfortable with that. <laughs> and yet doing it anyway because he's trying to figure out what he needs to figure out because he is questioning the nature of his reality and he just happens to be in a place where he can literally question his own reality about reality and i thought that was you know really interesting because then he just flat out says it right i think he says perhaps you're starting to question the nature of your own reality or something like that no that um, you should question the nature of your yeah. own reality and yeah and i'm wondering i'm really curious how that's going to play out because i feel like We've got the broad strokes of the other stuff, even if I don't know the outcome. And that is, you know, Christine is going to continue to, what did Elsie call it in season one? Make it all the way home, I think is what she said about Peter Abernathy when he got a hold of the picture and just kept turning on it. And what's going to happen when, you know, once now that she can see the tower, now that she knows what her powers are, which I thought was funny because it turned her into Maeve in this episode listening to her give the play-by-play and then watching it happen with Emmett was a very Maeve moment and I'm wondering so like I know the broad strokes like we're gonna get everybody in the same place and everything right but we've got two massive wild cards in black because who knows what the host in black is gonna do with the information that he got from the man in black and we don't know what the man in black is up to and you know maybe the two of them team up and so like what they're gonna end up doing is gonna be a massive chaos situation with this and so the thing i'm wondering about in all of this is how the two of them are either going to advertently or inadvertently help or hurt the cause of the rebel alliance you know and 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 who we think of as the good guys I feel like the man in black or the host in black or both of them They're are play going to be yeah. a huge game changer. And I don't know if it's going to be in in favor of either of the two sides we have now, which is Hale and then everybody else. So that's the thing I'm wondering is how his involvement is going to come down because he has to know that something's going to happen. So 
And if he doesn't know, he's about to find out. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, I'm wondering what his contribution is going to be. Because I feel like we're going to get everything all set up and then he's going to come screw everything up. I would like to think that's not the case, but what I'm thinking. Well, I'm just looking forward to next week. <laughs> or well, we Sunday. all are. Yeah, I've really, because we get, because next week is our last episode, right? Because then the, we, like we've decided already the finale is going to be the last two episodes. So next week is our last bit of getting everybody where they need to be so that we can all, so everything can jump off for the finale. So maybe that's when they'll tell us season five is coming. Right. I think we're not <laughs> going to find that out until after the whole no. season is over. They, no, I don't think we're going to want us. They're going to want us to stick around. You know that, of course. Yeah, we're not going to know yet. So I'm. I know we're all looking forward to next week. Is there anything in in, in particular you think will get answered next week? We're going to find. I think we're going to find out more about what Maeve's purpose is, yeah. and why she's considered a weapon. Whether That's... she's deployed next week or not, we're also going to get more about the origin story of how Frankie became C. Yeah, I think that's. And I think we're going to find out a little bit more about what's going on with Caleb. My fear is that we're just, it's going to be some uh, exciting moments, but not a lot of information with him. But if we can get <laughs> information for the other two, that can be very informative about where this goes. Yeah. I the, wonder if the real that's... question is the preview doesn't say anything about why they're calling it fidelity. Right. Does that refer to Caleb? Does that refer to Maeve? Does that refer to someone we haven't seen yet? Bernard. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Yeah. I'm hoping that we get more about Caleb. I think I think you're right in that what we will get of Caleb will be through Maeve and Frankie. And that's going to inform us more about Caleb's deal. So my hope is just that we're able to find something out and that it doesn't end up being a huge disappointment because <laughs> this season so far has been so, so good. And I don't want to turn around and find out like, you know, the architect of everything was really Jar Jar Banks. Well, that would be going... funny. <laughs> no, definitely. We don't want it. It might, but I would then probably have to go drink myself to death if that were the case. So let's hope that's not true. Oh, as per tradition, we will be back on Sunday with the reaction show. Once we are done, we will watch as fast as we can and recording, get that out the door for you. So let's go ahead and hit the spoiler horn. If I had one, I would play it here. And we're going to talk about the bits that we have for next week. I'm going to presume when we're done with the look ahead that we're going to sign off. So I'm just kind of, yes. like I said last time, hum the outro music to yourself. If if you're on full, you know, Syracuse level media blackout for this sort of thing, then by all means, go ahead. But there's basically not going to be any show left for you. So for those of you who are bailing now, then until Sunday, be excellent to each other. But for everybody yeah. else, <laughs> let's talk about what we get next week. Right. So, and why are we doing this, Kelly? For fidelity. Because that's the title of the episode. I had to do that joke. I, <laughs> I knew that we joke. were going to. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, fidelity. So, the question is, if they title the episode that, mm -hmm. and that oddly was not the title of episode four, which it could very well right. have been. So, 
why are they calling episode six fidelity? Now we know Maeve? that we're going to get maybe we know we're going to get Bernard, Maeve, and C back. We know uh-huh. that they're going to be in the abandoned temperance park the new it's not actually westworld but it's westworld around las vegas right or Mm -hmm. by the hoover dam we know we're going to get we know we're going to get that we're going to get them there and we know that mave is going to get repaired because we see bernard wielding the excuse me we see him repairing her yeah yeah but she doesn't appear to be on or activated yet right so she's seems to be sitting there. We also know that we're going to get Caleb back and he's going to be dope slapped uh, by one of the the scary all... Those terrifying drone things. Yeah, the drone hosts, the white drone hosts. And so what's the play, play there? Maybe we can start to find out if he really is a host... Mm-hmm. That Caleb really is dead and Hale's not just fucking with him after freezing him and unthawing him. Yeah. Like she's obviously done on and off with the man in black because the man in black's yeah. got at least, you know, 20 plus more years on him after being frozen so many times. Yeah. He's, as you called it, what was the last episode? He's, he's gone full winter soldier. Yeah. They have full winter soldier and I'm waiting for somebody to just start walking up and saying the words. Yes. And you know, he, he freaks out in his left arm everything down i'm curious about what's going to happen when we mix all of our characters up because everybody's been pretty separate so far right so what's going to happen when we get the otp the one true pairing of this show Stubbs and bernard back together once they're together like the rest is details as far as i'm concerned but like we're gonna get them together we're gonna get presumably c aka frankie and caleb back together they're gonna they're gonna match well i have a question for that because i step through this stupid thing (laughs) as i always do frame by frame and there's this couple of frames where frankie or c or whatever will find out why she's called c maybe in this episode she has these tears running down her eyes Mm -hmm. so i have two theories about what that could be that could either be she sees caleb Mm-hmm. and obviously recognizes her father, whether that is her father or not. Mm-hmm. Or once they actually revive Maeve and she speaks or whatever, she finally remembers Maeve rescuing her when she was just a kid. Oh, yeah. Other thing we okay. get in this preview is we get this flashback to the time where Everybody gets frozen, and when Frankie is a little girl, and her and some sort of friend or other person are playing statues while the drone hosts, you know, try to check everybody out, possibly to find them. So we're going to get Mm. we're going to get a flashback sequence here that looks scary as fuck because. The only thing worse than the drone hosts walking around in shadows or in the dark is them walking walking around, around in, in daytime daylight. yeah oh, <laughs> it's worse yeah it's so much worse the thing that well and so i presumed that she was c because of her dad yeah like if she had to pick a letter that's what she picked i am wondering if either like 
what her reaction is going to be to him if he's actually a host and has just been winter soldiered you know like like the man in black without a printout component or maybe he did have a printout component and that's going to be the big oh my god you know because i said there's always something that we take for granted in every season you know and one of them is that everyone who you know in season one it was everyone working in the mesa is a person no you know and when we get those moments what you know what happens as a result so there's something and i've that's why i've fallen down some of these rabbit holes is because i'm trying to figure out what the thing is that we're taking for granted now that we should stop taking for granted because it's not going to be the case so maybe it's that there is a host caleb and that's we've seen interactions with host caleb but caleb actual is somewhere is yeah is frozen you know got shot and got frozen and so he's still just about to bleed out and has been that way for decades right so you know and in which case and which one of those is the one that that would cause frankie to cry basically is where i'm at so So i'm you know i was wondering like what if she finds him but he's a host you know how much will that matter to her if she gets her dad back and and is hale gonna use her host caleb Mm -hmm. to kill frankie does Mm -hmm. she even know about or try Anyway. Yeah, does she even know that Frankie's still alive and is part of the Rebel yeah. Alliance? So the other thing I noticed stepping <gasps> through frame by frame is that... Oh, I'm having a theory about hosts and their daughters. There you go. And it how is... the man in black, is, how the host in black is going to react if that's what's happening. Because he doesn't want... He's going to end up having a moment of humanity and not appreciate that somebody wants to kill... Caleb's daughter? daughter? Yeah. Well, there's also the parallels to Maeve and her daughter. Oh, right? yeah, of course. Right. Yeah, so. so the other thing I noticed is stepping through frame by frame is we've got JC's significant other, mm-hmm. our our friendly neighborhood, Hemsworth, and Lindsay, who's the outlier that was captured, and two yeah. other unnamed people. They're also in temperance heading towards the building. So I think we're going to have a meetup of the Rebel Alliance where Jay gets to meet the weapon. And I just hope Maeve is is awake by then so she can just verbally abuse this asshole. I, a girl can dream. Uh, I I mean, obviously, he's doing things for the right reason reasons. But yeah, he an but you could do things for the right reason and not be a complete douche canoe about it too. You know, yes. like there are ways. I can't wait. I really hope that's what's happening. And I also just delight in the fact that, like, however many hundreds of years it's been now since season one, we slapped your friendly neighborhood Hemsworth on him, and it is. Stuck. Yep. I don't know why that makes me so happy, but it's one of the ones that makes me really happy. I just, the thing that baffled me about that, like, like I didn't have enough questions already, was why the outlier was like, oh, okay, somebody came for me and I knew not to go with them, but I totally know to go with you and that's fine. It felt really weird to me, like why she would be so compliant when they were like, we gotta go run. And she did. And just didn't seem to think twice about it. And like, who are you? And why should well, I be listening? An automatic weapon had just been charged. So that was probably one reason. True. But the main reason is 
that drives the plot. For the plot. That's, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the main yeah, reason. Because we got to get her on the boat with everybody else and, you know, in order to be fine. So, yeah, I didn't know what was going on there. I do have a theory that her ex husband is the guy that we got at the beginning. Yeah. He's the homeless the guy. Yeah. So, guy. and I will say we did get it. We did get a dramatic reveal in this when Christina can finally see the tower. Yes. I did enjoy that. Which by the there way, was... it was a really good effect. The digital map paintings that they're doing yes. and other stuff are quite impressive. We were also, everybody was wrong. We all assumed that the tower was on Liberty Island. It is not. No. Cause we got a nice it's... long shot of the st- at your liberty this week which was like whoops so it's in a different a slightly <laughs> different spot but that's okay the other thing is that my current head canon is mm-hmm. that the city is basically the reservation for humans there are no other humans other than the few rebels oh. out everywhere okay. which is why hale's not having to fly off and manage uh, you know the the european branch or the african branch or the the southeast asia branch of whatever empire they just have that's where their human park is okay the host that's where their west world is Mm -hmm. and who knows it might not even be new york city maybe they just rebuilt that yeah and it it may not be where we think it is. That's going to do it for us. Please give us your theories. We also appreciate pictures of your wall of index cards and string. You can send all of that to us at Uncanny Greeting on the Tweety Box. We will talk to you again on Sunday. Until then, be excellent to each other. (laughs) 